philosophical arguments for the existence of a God is that there is an existence of objective right and wrong. You see, if there is objective right and wrong, i.e., it is wrong to murder somebody, the definition of murder being taking their life without cause, if it is wrong to steal something from someone, the definition of stealing is taking that which is not yours. If these things are wrong, if there is objective right, then there must be objective wrong. If there is objective right, then there must be a standard by which to measure what is objectively right, what is objectively good. If there is not, if there is not a God, if there is not an ultimate good, then there cannot be objective right and wrong. Rather, right and wrong become completely subjective. And my definition of right and wrong is equally as valid as somebody else's definition of right and wrong, despite the fact that their definition of right and wrong might be different from my definition of right and wrong. And folks, we know that there is indeed objective right and wrong. We know this. Therefore, since there is objective right and wrong, that must mean that there is an ultimate good by which to measure what is right and what is wrong. There are, of course, subjective beliefs. We all have them. The world is full of them. Um, just like there are Rangers fans and there are Astros fans for some reason. Or here in Texas, which is a, you know, a big debate in Texas, there are Ford people and there are Chevy people. There are all kinds of subjective uh, reality. No, you can't call it realities. There, there are subjective beliefs all over the place. Uh, everybody has these subjective beliefs. Um, however... If you have a particular subjective belief and that subjective belief runs counter to reality, when that subjective belief comes into direct conflict with reality, reality will win every single time. Every single time reality is going to win. And 
It doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how much you believe it. It doesn't matter how many times you repeated it in your head or, or out loud in some kind of affirmation. Like, like saying the Cleveland Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter how many times you say it. It's not going to happen. Reality is going to win every single time. If you say to yourself, I am going to go to the top of the Empire State Building and I am going to jump off and I am going to fly because I believe in my heart of hearts that I can fly. Ladies and gentlemen, you are going to fall every single time. Now, the difference between being an Astros fan and believing that you can fly, and I should say the repercussions of believing or being an Astros fan and believing that you can fly are two different things. If the Astros do or do not make it into the World Series, if the Browns do or do not win the Super Bowl, it really doesn't have that great of an effect on your life. I mean, will you be disappointed? Certainly. And, and trust me, believe me, I know whereof I speak when it comes to being a fan of things because I used to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And, and by used to be, uh, I, I don't mean that I am no longer a Steelers fan per se, but I just don't follow the NFL anymore. But besides the point, a study was done of the most emotionally unstable fans in the NFL, and they were Steelers fans. The most unstable emotionally were Steelers fans, and, and that's true. I mean, we are absolutely insane, rabid fans. I could tell you stories like the Super Bowl between us and Green Bay. And my whole family was there, and my sister-in-law had baked a cake in the shape of a football helmet with the Steelers emblem on it, and things did not go our way. I think this was the I think this was the Green Bay Super Bowl. It might have been the Super Bowl that we lost to the Cowboys, but either way, when we lost, my niece was curled up in the fetal position in the corner, rocking back and forth, wailing. My sister-in-law grabbed the cake, and it was a big freaking cake, folks. It was huge. She grabbed the cake, and instead of allowing any of us to eat it, she picked it up and stuffed the whole thing into the trash can. And my brother-in-law who was a Cowboys fan, and so this was the Green Bay. Yes, my brother-in-law, who was a Cowboys fan, 
um, was was watching this in in kind of um, concerned amusement. So so subjective beliefs can be and have very serious consequences, even if it's just like a fan base kind of thing. This actually happened, by the way. I'm not making this up, but it does not have the same consequences as somebody who believes that they can fly and decides that they are going to take a header off of a multi-story building. You know, those, those beliefs are permanent and they are objectively wrong. It is objectively wrong to believe that you can fly. And, and such beliefs are born of, I mean, you can call it mental illness if you want to, certainly. And I guess certainly it is to a certain extent. But the more and more I observe mental illnesses, the more and more I seem to think that they are less mental illnesses necessarily and, and more developmental illnesses, more illnesses of maturity or lack thereof, as the case may be. Our society has been absolutely inundated with a system of subjective beliefs that run directly counter to reality and to to an extraordinarily harmful uh, effect on our society. Our society, and by our society I'm referring specifically to Western civilization, has been inundated with, with this uh, and there's there's no really other way for it, other word for it, but insanity. Uh, psychosis would be a more appropriate term, psychosis, the definition of which is, is uh, a complete break with reality, where we... Uh, and, and, and this complete break of reality, uh, break with reality, has has culminated, currently culminated, in the transgender movement. And I want to explain to you that this is not just some kind of uh, mental illness. It's not just some kind of developmental illness. This is a spiritual illness. This is a spiritual illness. Because, folks, these transgender people and, and the people who are their so-called advocates, the people who believe that you can fundamentally change yourself down to the level of your DNA simply by believing it in your heart of hearts, by saying it out loud in some kind of affirmation. These people are trying to be, they imagine themselves to be, their own standards, 
of objective reality. Okay? Now, if, if they just do that themselves, if there is an individual who believes himself, let's say it's a male, and by male I mean someone with a penis, if they believe themselves to be a woman, if they believe that they are like spiritually a woman and have been placed incorrectly into the body of a man. This is not somebody who believes in God. This is somebody who believes if they, if they think that they can transform themselves just by willing it to happen into something other than what they are, then they are trying to be their own God. And that in and of itself, if they just, if it just affects them, is harmless to the most part, except to themselves. But if this individual insists that other people who are around them, other people who are actually in touch with objective reality, believe the same way that they do, if they insist that other people engage in their delusions, then they have stepped outside of the boundaries of just being their own God, and they are trying to be everybody else's God. Now, here's the big problem with that, folks. It's that if everybody goes around trying to enforce their own subjective reality on everybody else, then it becomes a matter of who is the strongest. The law of the jungle. I believe that I am a god and that I can create reality simply by willing it to occur. And you must believe the exact same way as I do, regardless of whether or not my beliefs are, in fact, reality. And if you do not, I will force you to. And as long as you are unable to prevent me from forcing you, then you will believe the way I believe. You see, folks, how this can be considered and actually is harmful to everybody, to all of society. If you believe something that is not objectively true, but you keep it to yourself, then that is your problem. That is your issue. If you are a guy and you want to dress up in women's clothes and you want to walk around in women's clothes, that's fine. Go ahead. If, however, you 
believe that you are a woman and you want to walk around in women's clothes and you want me to say that I also believe that you are a woman just because you walk around in women's clothing, well, you don't have that right. You do not have that right. You are not God. You may not tell me what I have to think and what I have to believe. You just can't do it. And we have this going on right now, and it is turning into a situation such that you will be forced to believe things that are objectively untrue in the UK, in Canada. If you speak objective truth against certain groups of people who believe in subjective reality that is directly counter to objective reality, you can be arrested, you will be arrested, you can and will be thrown into jail for believing what is true. And folks, this is just the first step. I want you to understand why this is the case, because this is not the end game. This is the government, this is the globalists, ultimately this is Satan, using delusional people as the point of the spear such that they can start to jail, imprison people who believe in objective reality, people who believe in the real God. Because again, like I said, if there is objective reality, and there is, there must be a God, and there is. And the government, the globalists, want to be our God. Just as these people walking around, in their, the, these transgenders walking around, or these people who have, these, the, have created in their minds these 87 different genders, are walking around and absolutely insist that we believe the way that they do. I am a they-them, I am a zizay, I am a bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, whatever. You mu and you must believe that. You must affirm my beliefs. They are trying to create a society such that they can force their subjective reality to be objective reality. They are trying to become our God or our gods, little g, 
little teeny tiny itty bitty G. Now, as I have stated before, every single time subjective reality, or I'm sorry, subjective belief comes into contact with reality, it will lose every single time. And that's what is going to happen eventually in this case. But I want you to know what this is based. This is not just some, this is not just some silly fad that is going on. All right. This has been building up for a very, very, very long time. They used the homosexual movement to push it. And, and I am not in any way disparaging homosexuals as human beings. What I am saying is this is how this process was set into effect. You see, they had to come up with a group of people as a minority that you, that, that you could not uh, criticize that it was politically incorrect to criticize. And then they started building upon that movement. Now, again, I, I would the vast majority of homosexuals, the vast majority of actual transsexuals have nothing to do with this political radicalization. They have been, just like the vast majority of the members of BLM are actually white people, this this has nothing to do with the actual people. This has to do with a movement. They are using these people as a shield. They are hiding behind these people as a shield so that they can advance their agenda. And their agenda is that they, the state, become gods. They themselves become reality. And this is not uh, unusual. I mean, look back at history. This is, this is nothing more than, than an attempt to reverse what was created in the United States, a government of, by, and for the people. You see, you go back into history, and, and most of history prior to the United States was comprised of individuals who were very strong, who were able to uh, enforce their will over large groups of people via force. And these individuals were constantly uh, referring to themselves as gods or as sons of gods or that they were placed in charge uh, by the will of God. So again, this is nothing new. These people are just trying to reverse what was created in the United States, the Constitution, that states that, no, the government is not God. Rather, there is a God. That God is our creator. The government did not create us. We have a God. That God is our creator. And that God endowed us with basic rights that cannot be denied us by anybody else but that particular God. So, that's what this is, that's what this whole movement basically is all about. They are trying to set themselves up 
as gods. They are trying to set themselves up as our rulers. And, and a lot of times you will see that they, they try to talk about how superior they are to everybody else because they went to Harvard or Yale or Princeton or, or, or Brown or, or where the hell ever. And, and, and again, this is just them trying to say that they are better than us. And I want to uh, point out uh, very much that in the Bible, and you will hear me, if you are new to this show, referring to the Bible quite a bit, but uh, Jesus speaks very clearly of the fact that when it comes to us humans, nobody is better than anybody else he put it more eloquently than I am about to put it, but basically the point is the same. Every single human being is just as full of crap as every other human being, and none of them are better than anybody else. Uh, to paraphrase it a little bit better, he said, you do not call anybody else father. You have one father, and that is your father, God in heaven. You don't call anybody else teacher. Rather, you have one teacher, and that is the Messiah, the Christ, who is Jesus. All right? And so, you don't set anybody else above you. Nobody gets to be above you uh, in, in, in that particular way. And if you look you look at a lot of these uh, major religions, and one of the first things that churches tend to do is to set up some kind of hierarchy. And they set up this hierarchy such that there are people between you and God, and that these people between you and God are somehow, some way, better than everybody else. They're they're more holy than everybody else, or, or whatever. And folks, Jesus taught directly against that. So it doesn't work for any particular type of uh, religious organization, and it does not work for any type of governmental organization. We can go back even further than Jesus. We can go back to look at, uh, at the Old Testament in the Bible in uh, uh, the book of First uh, Samuel, where the Israelites, who their, their leader, their king, was supposed to be God, and God sent to them laws that they were supposed to follow. And if they follow those rules, then God said to them that they will be prosperous and that they will be safe if they follow these particular rules that he set down. And he gave them judges to decide on whether or not they were following those rules, and if they were not following those rules, then he set out penalties that were supposed to be paid if the rules were not followed. But he was supposed to be their God. But eventually, the Israelites said, well, we want to be like everybody else. We want to be like all of the other, uh, all of the other peoples around us. And we want a king. We want somebody with skin on to be our king. And that was the beginning 
of the end for Israel. All right, they were going to set somebody above them, and, and God, through Samuel, told them what the consequences were going to be if they did that, and they said, we want to do that anyway. Fast forward again to Christ's time when they had a choice to choose whether or not they were going to accept Jesus as their Christ or whether they were going to accept a convicted murderer. And they clamored for the convicted murderer. They made their choice. And we're constantly doing that all the time in our personal lives and apparently in our, in our lives in the uh, macrocosm as well. But that's what's going on, folks. This is, this is nothing more than, than, than a group of people wanting to be our gods. And we have the choice of whether or not we are going to accept them. And unfortunately, we have allowed the situation to fester to the point that violence is now starting to spring out. Like I said, it, it comes down to who can force whom to believe what. And in certain areas, even here in the United States... They are resorting to violence to try to force regular people who believe in objective reality to believe in what they want them to believe. You know, people are always amazed at all of the, all of the complete and total BS that comes out of the White House press room. And they're amazed that they would even have the gall to say these things that are objectively, obviously untrue. There's a reason that they do that, folks. They know that it's a lie. They know that what they are saying is lies. And they know that we know that what they are saying are lies. And it's funny to them. It is amusing to them. That first of all, there's a segment of society that actually goes, yep, 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 we believe that. Yep, we believe what, exactly what they say every time they say it without having to even think about it. We believe that. They think that's amusing, but what they think is even more amusing is that they know that we don't believe it, but that there's nothing we can do about it. And that eventually it's going to get to the point or this is what they believe, that eventually it's going to get to the point where they can force us to believe it. And like I said, they've got their paramilitary, right now it's just paramilitary organizations like Antifa, like BLM, who are the current KKK. They are the current iteration of the KKK. There's zero difference between these organizations. But you've also got organizations like Hamas, that they are trying to import here into the United States. They are importing terrorists into the United States through the southern border. And you can't say that that's not true because we, we, have, we have stories in the media of them catching people who are on the terrorist watch list coming into the United States. Well, the question is, of the ones that they catch, how many are they not catching? Of all of the ones that are coming into the United States, unabated, how many are they not catching? 
folks, there's quite a few. This is the exact same thing that happened to Israel, to ancient Israel. This is the exact same thing. And for the exact same reason. Because we in the United States decided that we were going to be our own gods. That we were going to believe that we could create our own realities. Our own truths. And again, when you start believing, or even worse, when you start acting on the beliefs that are objectively untrue, when they come in contact with reality, reality will win every single time. Since we are on the subject of people who would set themselves up as gods above everybody else. I think it behooves us to look at what is going on in the House of Representatives. There are two political forces at work in the House of Representatives. These are not the Democrats and the Republicans. Rather, these are the forces, very small amount, a very small group of people, who support the Constitution of the United States of America as it was written, and who wish to uh, represent we, the people of the United States of America, as we are supposed to be represented as opposed to the other forces which are the establishment, the uniparty, the deep state, or as I prefer to call them, the D.C. syndicate. And these people, despite the fact that they go by different labels, such as Democrat or Republican, are all on the same side. You see, it's a game to them, and the way the game works is that the Democrats, when they are in power, push the country as far left, as far authoritarian as they possibly can. And when the people of the United States get fed up with that leftward movement, they elect Republicans, just enough Republicans, to control the House of Representatives for a time. Because what happens then is the Republicans who belong to the syndicate take over and they don't move as far left, but they continue to move left just at a much slower pace, all in the name of bipartisanship reaching across the aisle. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something. Moving left is evil. 
It doesn't matter how quickly or how slowly moving into or moving towards authoritarianism, moving to centralized planning, moving to an all-powerful federal government is 180 degrees opposed to what the Constitution of the United States and the Declaration of Independence are all about. What they are doing is unconstitutional and illegal. I, I tell you, the vast majority, the vast majority, I would say upwards to 90-some-odd percent, and that's just me spitballing, of the things the federal government is doing are illegal, unconstitutional, it goes against everything that this country was founded upon. And the, the hilarious thing is when they, when they talk about this and they say, oh, this is, we should uh, move to more modern times. And, and moving towards authoritarianism is not moving towards modern times, folks. It's actually moving backwards. It is moving towards what things used to be before the United States became the bright and shining city on the hill. And they want to reverse that. They want to reverse things to a neo-feudalism, and they actually have done so to great success. But back to my point, when you vote for the Republicans, all you are voting for is a slower move to the left, the Republicans are acting and have been acting as a political pressure release valve because what then happens is when we realize that the Republicans are not doing what they are supposed to do, which is opposing the move leftwards and moving us back towards what the Constitution is supposed to be about, reversing the damage that has been done by the left. That is what they are supposed to be doing, but they aren't doing it, and they haven't been doing it. Instead, they have been capitulating to the left. And when we realize that they are doing that, we get discouraged, and we don't come out and vote in the next elections, and then the Democrats get back into power and they start pushing leftwards again. Either way, we are, or our, I'm sorry, our syndicate, the federal syndicate, has been moving us towards authoritarianism illegally for decades. And the worst part of it is that we have been allowing it to occur. We, the people, have been allowing it to occur because we have been allowing them to convince us of certain things that are simply not true. And the list of those things is myriad. I'm not going to get into them here. What I'm going to get into instead is the fight for the speakership and this fallacy, uh, speaking of lies, that they convince of us, uh, convince us of, or try to convince us of this fallacy that the uh, House of Representatives is in chaos 
because there is not thoughtless agreement on who should be Speaker of the House. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the fallacy of consensus. Just because a large group of people agree on something does not mean that what they agree on is correct. This is the same fallacy that they use with uh, what they call science or what I like to call the science trademark, is that, oh, we have a bunch of people with advanced degrees that all think the same way. Well, they're all paid to think the same way. They are all... uh, it, it, It works for them to think the same way. They benefit from thinking the same way. I like to go back to what George Patton used to say. And he said that if everybody in the room is thinking the same thing, then nobody is thinking. So what we are seeing here, you see, and something that I want you to notice too, uh, as, as I pointed out, the Democrats are always moving leftward and they're doing it quickly. When you look at the Democrats, they always, always, always move in lockstep. They're always moving to the beat of the same drum. And they are always moving in an evil direction, the direction of authoritarianism. So that doesn't mean a good thing. And these establishment Republicans... These, these syndicate Republicans have been doing the same thing. They move in lockstep, too. They have group think. Well, then you've got these MAGA people. And these MAGA people, well, they aren't marching to the same drum. And the reason that they're not marching to the same drum is because they do not want to head into authoritarianism. Rather, they actually want to do their jobs. According to the Constitution, they want to reverse the damage that is being done by these evil authoritarians in both parties. And so they do not move in lockstep. They do not, they are not a part of the consensus. And what we are seeing is not chaos, ladies and gentlemen. What we are seeing is courage. We are seeing people standing up to the political machine. The political machine that would be rulers over we the people. And what is good news is that when we see these 20-some-odd holdouts who refused to vote for Jim Jordan, when we see these holdouts stubbornly voting against what is very obviously strong political currents moving against them. That is nothing more than 
stubborn obstinance. But even more than that, they know that they are losing. They see which way the winds are blowing. The political winds are blowing towards nationalism, towards populism. Donald Trump is not the cause of this. He is a symbol of it. Donald Trump is not the problem for them. The problem for them is we the people. They hate us. They despise us. They want to rule over us, and they're very upset with us that we do not want them to rule over us, that we are rejecting their rule. We do not understand that they are so much more intelligent than we are, that they are the illuminated. They are the ones who are divinely chosen to rule over us. We don't get that. And they hate that. And they hate us. And because we have chosen Donald Trump as our representative, they hate him and they think that if they can crush him, then they can crush us. But that is not the case. That is absolutely not the case. Because if they manage to crush Trump, which they might do, we'll get somebody else. Or more likely what will happen is we will just tell them, no, we are not going to be part of this. You will not rule over us anymore. We are going to go our own way. Same way we did 200 plus years ago to the British. We told them we will not be ruled and we will split from them and we have the right to split from them and that right is spelled out in the Declaration of Independence there will be a national divorce folks it is going to happen those who feel that they should rule over us the syndicate the globalists are going to be on the short end of the stick. They're going to lose. It's already happening all over the place. I've talked about this multiple times. I was wrong about the fact that it was going to be the red states that were going to lead. Rather, it appears that it is red counties that are going to lead. And the ironic thing about that is, is that uh, at the same time I was saying that it was red states that were going to lead the national divorce, I was saying that we the people need to take over our counties so that we can take over the states, our state legislatures. And so I didn't even see what I was saying myself and I didn't get it, but it is apparent that the counties are the ones that are leading this uh, 
national divorce. You've got counties that are trying to separate from the states. They're, they're the states that are run by blue counties. You see, because there's no such thing, really, as a blue state. There are blue counties. There are blue capitals. There are um, blue population centers that manage to maintain control over states, but most of the state's area are red. Most of the state counties are red, and they are and eventually will separate from those blue counties and those blue cities. And then you are going to have blue states like the, 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 the separation of Texas from the United States at this point is inevitable. It's going to happen. We have to clean out our legislature. Uh, we have to remove the syndicate members in our legislature, and that will not be a problem because they have been so kind as to identify themselves with this last-minute stunt of trying to impeach Ken Paxton. That was a huge mistake on their part. And they are going to pay a political price for it because by doing so, they have identified themselves. And by identifying themselves, they have let us know who they are and that they should be removed. And the same thing has happened in the House of Representatives with these 20 holdouts who, by the way, are being led by a Texan, a Bush syndicate, a Bush cartel, globalist, Democrat in all but label, Diabla, by the name of K. Granger. K. Granger has been a thorn in the side of Texans for decades. And it appears that she has now decided that she is going to become a thorn in the side of the people of the United States. Now, the fact that Kay Granger continues to be elected, the same with uh, the likes of Dan Crenshaw, just speaks to the stupidity of the people in those districts. Folks, you get the kind of government that you vote for. And these districts who voted for Kay Granger, who voted for Dan Crenshaw, are filled with either lazy people or stupid people or both. And if they desire uh, to have true representation, then they need to get off their butts and primary these two worthless pieces of garbage and remove them from office. That is what they need to do. Whether or not that is what they will do, well, is, uh, is rather up to them. And, and that's the case for all of these other uh, uh, districts across the states that have these 20 holdouts. And again... They have identified themselves. Uh, 
And whether or not they are held to account by their districts is rather up to their districts. But I just wanted to point out that this fallacy that what is happening in the House of Representatives is a bad thing is just that. It's a fallacy. It's not a bad thing. We're finally, finally, finally seeing people who will fight for us, who will stand up for us. And that is very refreshing, and it scares the hell out of these globalists. Again, I have pointed out that... It, it, this is inevitable. What is happening, it's happening all over the world. The move towards nationalism, the move towards populism is happening all over the world. Those people who have been espousing a one-world government, like Char uh, Klaus Schwab, like uh, George Soros, they're a dying breed, they're dinosaurs, like... Uh, Joe Biden. These are holdovers. These are literally Nazi, fascist holdovers from World War II and their children, their boomer children, who have not given up on the idea of a global one-world government. And you cannot say this is a conspiracy theory, folks. You absolutely cannot say it, not, not with a straight face, not with any kind of knowledge of what's going on, because they tell us that that is what they want. They have written books about it. They have stated this openly in videos. They have told us about this. You can see these people, including Joe Biden, speaking at the World Economic Forum, talking about a global government. This is what they want. And these are largely, and, and I will include Joe Biden in this, unelected people who simply wish to rule over us over everybody in the world. Again, they want to reverse what the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States, both of which were founded on Christian ethics. I, I don't care what you say you have. You know, you can say that, they, that that is not the case all you want. There is zero evidence to support that and plenty of evidence to support the other. These people wish to reverse this, and they wish to rule over us, and they are aging out, and they are panicking. Now, here's the bad part about it. They, they, this, they have no problem, and they have never had any problem convincing stupid, thoughtless people that their way is the right way. They are, they, they, there has never been a dearth of useful idiots. And when the leadership panics, they get their useful idiots to panic. 
convincing their useful idiots that their political opponents are going to do to them what they themselves plan on doing to everybody. And so they stir these idiots up. And I'm talking about the people who are currently marching through the streets uh, with banners for Palestine and people who support Hamas and, and BLM and Antifa. These are all the exact same people. And all of these people can be and are being and will be stirred up to violence. I'm afraid we've gotten to the point where that is going to be inevitable as well. There is going to be violence, and it is going to be started by the left. You see what happened in Israel, where the terrorists attacked and murdered raped and tortured innocent civilians, beheaded infants and children, and then fell back and called for a ceasefire and claimed that they were the ones who are being oppressed. That is exactly the kind of thing you're going to see here in the United States. And ladies and gentlemen, don't doubt that it is coming here to the United States. It absolutely 100% is. It is happening, and it will happen in the United States. It's going to happen. I guarantee it. At this point, it is, again, inevitable. Now, the same thing... Well, now, see, here's, here's a little bit of difference. There's a little bit of difference. Um, you see, what is happening to Hamas uh, hiding behind civilians and stuff like that and, and then blaming the, uh, blaming the Israelis for the deaths of civilians. That kind of thing is also kind of what is going to happen here in the United States, but I don't think it's going to work quite as easily because... The fact of the matter is, when it happens here in the United States, you're not taking on the United States military. When, when these people, when Antifa, when BLM, when, when these pro-Hamas uh, individuals decide that they're going to get violent, it's not going to be the government that they are going up against. It's going to be we, the people of the United States that they are going up against. You see, because our government, at least our federal cartel, our federal syndicate, and a lot of the, a lot of the state governments in the blue states are fomenting this. They support this. Rather, it's the people that these terrorist organizations are going to be attacking and when they do that, the repercussions of that, uh, they're, they're not going to like. Because they are not going up against an organized military, they will be going up against a group of people who do not have rules of engagement that they need to follow. And the fact is, if the government joins the side of these terrorists that they have been supporting... Um, the various state governments, maybe city governments, uh, 
um, police departments and so on and so forth, if they decide that they are going to try to suppress the free people of the United States of America, then they're going to get what they're going to get. Uh, it will be a mistake on their part. I'm just going to say that. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I am not calling for violence. I am simply stating that there will be repercussions if their side gets violent. You see, this is why they push the other side. This is why the syndicate, this is why the left opposes people's right to defend themselves. They oppose people's right to defend themselves because they oppose people being able to defend themselves from them. The left does not want people to be able to protect themselves from the left. And that's why, that's why they support gun control. That is why they get all upset when people defend their property from criminals or defend themselves from criminals. Because they themselves are criminals and they wish to do criminal things to we the people. They wish to suppress us. They wish to oppress us. They wish to rule over us in direct opposition, again, to the founding documents. So, the degree to which, to whether or not violence is going to happen, and the degree to which violence will occur, the level of violence that will be resorted to, entirely depends on them. It's the same with Hamas. As, as uh, Will Smith put it in uh, Men in Black, when he was facing off against the bug, if you don't start nothing, there won't be nothing. But if you do start something, there will be something. You see, you, you don't have the right to rule over us. You do not have the right to rule over us. You do not have the right to rule over us. And if you try to violently overthrow the people of the United States of America, then it will be a natural response and a correct response that the people of the United States of America resist and put you down. We will not be ruled. It's as simple as that. And again, I am not calling for the violent overthrow of anything or anybody. I am very much opposed to the violent overthrow of the government of the United States. Because, ladies and gentlemen, as is stated in the founding documents, the government of the United States is we the people. 
and the violent overthrow of we the people of the United States is wrong, and I very much oppose it. Very much oppose it. So he can't say that I'm calling for open rebellion or anything like that, because I'm simply not. I am just stating that those who wish to act criminally, violently, against the people of the United States will get a response that they do not want. And we, the people of the United States, will absolutely win. We will win. It is inevitable. Globalism is over. They are scared to death. They are panicking. And, and they are starting to get violent. Because they do see themselves as the rightful rulers. And they're frustrated that we don't understand that, that we don't get that. And so they are stirring up their useful idiots right now. They're stirring up their useful idiots. Later, what's really interesting, what's really funny is that they're going to insist at some point, perhaps, that military and police fall in on their side and they're going to be very, very disappointed when the military and police do not join their side. They're going to be very disappointed by that. Uh, again, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Dr. Steve Turley. And he was talking about another fellow who said that if a civil war does break out in the United States, that it will be similar to that of the Colombian Civil War. And in the Colombian Civil War, the left expected that the police and military were going to join their side and rather the police and military instead ended up joining the side of the people. And eventually, the left ended up losing. And the same thing is going to happen here. I don't think that there is going to be a huge, massive civil war, by the way. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the violence is largely going to be limited to... Uh, blue areas where they feel like they can get away with it. Now, there may be some outbursts in some red areas, but those outbursts will not last very long. They will be quickly overwhelmed. Now, uh, again, I have pointed out, too, that there are some professional agitators, terrorists, and so forth, that have been intentionally imported into the United States by the likes of the D.C. Syndicate. And when I say the D.C. Syndicate, again, I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans, although they were uh, massively imported in, in the Obama administration and uh, currently the, Ob uh, the Biden administration, but it was happening under the Bush administration as well. Um, and these professional agitators uh, will be able to uh, more effectively strike in areas that are red. But again, the red areas are not going to fall down and lay down and tolerate it like they expect. Uh, 
That's just not going to happen. Uh, much to their chagrin. Ultimately, folks, the story is that the left is going to lose. They're going to lose bad. They know they're losing badly. As, as a matter of fact, another, uh, uh, another example of this, a very good example of this, uh, was brought up by the Washington Examiner. Democrats, this is a story in the Washington Examiner by Paul Bedard. I hope I am pronouncing that correctly. It was released October 18th, 2023. And the headline is, Democrats now want U.S. split into blue states and red states. So the Democrats themselves want a national divorce. And get this and understand this very well. The reason that they're now talking, and they've done this before, but, but a, a much greater minority of them, the reason that they are talking about the fact that they want a national divorce is because they know that they are losing. They know that they can't take over the entire United States now, so they'd rather just split off from the United States into their own little socialist utopia because they know that if they decide to try to fight for it, that they will lose. That being the case, and that's where we are, uh, that is why they want to separate. Let's take a little read on this. Liberals laughed when conservatives, including Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican Georgia, called for dividing the United States into red and blue states because of national disunity and partisanship. But they're not laughing now. In fact, about a third of Democrats believe a political break from conservative-leaning states is needed. In a survey of 2,008 voters, that's 2,000, that's the number, not, not the year, 2,008 voters, Conducted by the Center for Politics at the University of Virginia, 31% of Biden supporters want Democratic-controlled states to secede from the United States to form their own country. And I want to point out here, folks, that this idea that they are talking about was actually something that uh, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West was talking about a few years ago when he started running for governor of the state of Texas, and I hope that he tries again to run for governor. But anyway, he was saying that instead of uh, the red states seceding from the blue states, what needs to happen is the red states need to kick the blue states out. And again, I am absolutely all for that, and that is basically what is going to happen. Basically, what's going to happen is the red states are going to kick the blue states out. We are going to say that we have decided that we are going to follow the Constitution as it was written with a federal government that has very, very limited powers and zero federal regulatory bureaucracy. We're going to actually insist that the legislature do their jobs. And that's what's going to happen. Now, again, like I said, the violence 
you know, uh, whether there is violence and stuff like that, that's entirely up to the other side. If they want to get violent, then and the people of the United States will respond in kind. But I, I really don't think that there is going to be a huge level of it. And if it is, it is going to be small po- pockets of it. It's not going to be a very organized type of situation. Uh, that's just my particular take on how it's going to work out. Anyway, back to the uh, back to the story. Among voters who back former President Donald Trump, forty-one percent support secession. I'm surprised it's that low. What's more, large groups of both think it's time to end democracy. Uh, I don't know what that means exactly. Um because most people actually do not know what the term democracy means the actual the actual execution of democracy quote disturbingly nearly one third 31 percent of trump voters and about a quarter 24 percent of biden voters at least somewhat agree that democracy is no longer a viable system and that the country should explore alternative forms of government to ensure stability and progress, the analysis from the center said. And again, I don't think you can put a whole lot into that particular statement uh, or uh, those uh, results because most people don't know what actual democracy is. And more to the point, they don't know and they don't understand that what we have in Washington, D.C., and this is the main point, They do not understand that what we have in Washington, D.C. is not democracy. Not only is it not democracy, it is not a representative republic. What we have in Washington, D.C. and what we have had in Washington, D.C. for decades does not resemble what is in the Constitution of the United States. So I think what we can take away from this particular statement and from these results, is actually that people are saying, we don't think that what is going on in Washington, D.C. right now is a viable system. That's what that is actually saying. So, yeah, I wouldn't put a whole lot of... It it doesn't... It's not democracy that the people are opposing. What the people are opposing is the system that we currently have in place in Washington, D.C. Backing up reasons for secession, the analysis found that people generally are becoming more politically divided despite an inauguration promise made by President Joe Biden to unite the country. It's that that's, That's laughable right there. Just the fact that that people actually expected anything that Biden said uh, to to be in any way truthful or or uh, have any uh, uh, that he was in any way serious about that. It's, it's just like when Obama said that uh, theirs was going to be the most transparent uh, administration in history. The, the, no, that that's just talk. It's, that's just a politician saying stuff. It doesn't have any kind of. Uh, it doesn't have any kind of match with reality. They they never intended for that to be the case, and and that's the same thing here with 
President Joe Biden, uh, or, uh, yeah, the installed Joe Biden. A majority of both Biden, 70%, and Trump, 68%, voters believed electing officials from the opposite party would result in lasting harm to the United States. Roughly half, 52% of Biden voters and 47% of Trump voters, viewed those who supported the other party as threats to the American way of life. And about 40% of both groups at least somewhat believed that the other side had become so extreme that it is acceptable to use violence to prevent them from achieving their goals. This just goes to support what I just said, folks. This country is so divided, it is so split, that there is zero way back. There is zero way back for a unified United States. Rather, again, what I have said for a long time is going to be the case. The, the red, uh, and let me revise it slightly, the red counties are going to separate from blue states. The red states are going to separate from the federal cartel, and that is going to leave the blue states without anybody to, uh, uh, to siphon off of, to... Uh, to steal from. You see, the entire blue philosophy, the, the entire philosophy of Marxism, socialism, whatever ism you want to refer to it as, is based on theft. And if they, because they don't produce anything themselves, no, no blue county produces anything, no blue state, uh, I'm sorry, no, no blue county, no blue city produces anything. They do not produce food. They do not produce clean water. They do not produce energy. They do not produce anything. And that being the case, they must have somebody to steal those things from. And when the red states separate from the blue states, the blue states are not going to have anybody to steal from anymore. So what they are going to have to do and what is going to eventually happen is that the blue states are going to have to enter into some kind of um, uh, barter-type system with the uh, red states. They're, they're going to have to figure out some kind of deal with the red states so that they can continue to survive. Uh, or they can, you know, uh, test their luck trying to raid the red states and see how that works for them. Uh, it won't work out very well for them, I'm afraid. But at any rate, so that's where we are with regards to the situation in the House of Representatives. That's where we are with the situation as far as the inevitable national divorce, it is going to happen, and as I have, ex uh, I truly expect that uh, the 2024 election is going to be the catalyst for that uh, separation. I want to thank you all for listening. You can uh, catch my videos. Uh, on BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble.com, and I have a TikTok channel uh, where some of my other videos are. My video content is a little bit different, a little bit more
curse and I cover certain subjects that are just more quickly covered on the videos uh, and, and more acute situations uh, as they arise. I uh, Breaking news, if you will. I cover that more on my video channels than this podcast. Obviously, if you are listening to this podcast, you know that you can get this podcast anywhere that you can get podcasts, except for Apple, because I will not fill out their paperwork. If, however, you are watching this or listening to this on BitChute, Odyssey, or Rumble, but not YouTube, because I will not go on YouTube, because they'd kick me off in a heartbeat if I even tried. Uh, then, you know, you can listen to the podcast on regular podcast places. If you would like to agree with me and send me some fan mail, you can do so at docbryantshow at zohomail.com. That's docbryantshow, all one word, at zohomail.com, Z-O-H-O, mail.com. Or you can hit me up in the comments. Um, or, uh, yeah, there you go. And uh, if you want to disagree with me and send me hate mail, by all means, go ahead and do that too. But I ask that if you really want to disagree with me, tell me why I'm wrong. Because if I'm wrong and you can convince me I'm wrong, I will admit that I'm wrong. I don't want to be wrong. So, so if you can convince me I'm wrong, then absolutely tell me why I'm wrong. If you're just sending hate mail and going to call me a racist and a bigot and a transphobe or whatever phobe you want to call me, you can do that. I'm going to completely ignore it and, and blow right past it, but you can do it if you want to. You'll be wasting your time, but, you know, go ahead if you want to. Uh, anyway, thank you again for listening, uh, and I will talk to you all later.